0: Sleep is one of those necessary parts of life that gets in the way of overachievers, but it is essential to your ability to sustain what God has called you to do. When we neglect it, the effects can dramatically change our hours and our habits. It's time to go the second mile in prioritizing your sleep. Hey, this is Travis Agnew, and thank you for joining me for the Second Mile podcast where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 541, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile. We want to follow Jesus as closely as we can. And to do so means that we have to make sure that we have habits and patterns in our life uh, that allows us to do that for the long term instead of just in spurts along the way. Uh, Following Jesus is a marathon more than a sprint, right? And so we want to make sure that uh, spiritually, uh, emotionally, mentally, and yes, even physically, all those things in our life are geared towards that end. Uh, we, and Jesus Himself, even said that the Spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. And a lot of times we have these uh, desires that we want to do, spiritually speaking, but if the flesh uh, gets in the way uh, and if we are not in tune to, it cannot start affecting our even spiritual pursuits and desires. And so that's why uh, on this 144th episode of the Second Mile Podcast, I want to talk to you about a topic that you may think, what does this even have to do with discipleship? But it's called prioritizing your sleep, right? And you may think this is a boring uh, topic. And I'll be honest with you, uh, years ago, I would have thought the exact same thing. But But I will say this, that it is so, so important to uh, you becoming all that God has called you to be. Um, One of the things that I know that throughout uh, my lifetime, there's a a lot of times that you will find a certain pattern in your life that you feel like allows you to uh, do things in a more uh, concentrated effort as you are following Jesus, and there are things that can take you off that. And one of the issues that we, we look at, uh, even scripture is going to teach us as we unpack today uh, about the necessity of sleep and what it does, right? So first, my believers would be those people who sleep when you have to, uh, but second, model believers will sleep because you need to. And so even in the rhythms of our daily life and the rhythms of our weekly life, right? Um, there are certain things that allow us to step back and reflect to realize this, we are not omnipotent, which is all powerful, right? Uh, there is limitations to us and that is needed for us at a very, very um, early age for us to realize that we we can't go all the time like God can. And, uh, and so we're in desperate need of daily rejuvenation and daily dependence on him. And so with this, I want to talk to you about sleep patterns and what that means to your life as you walk through life trying to follow Jesus as closely as you can and how this ultimately, even though it's now saying crazy, uh, our sleep patterns and sleep schedules are a discipleship issue and we want to surrender to them unto the Lordship of Jesus. One of the things that I will often hear, um, and you know, typically people will look at how productive someone is or how unproductive they are, and they will uh, assume certain things about their sleep patterns, right? If someone is very productive, they'll say, Well, this person must never sleep, or you know, when do you ever sleep? It's kind of the natural thing, right? It's almost that we would kind of reward people or really compliment people who sleep less than the average person because obviously they get more things done. Uh, But deep down, I think what's so interesting about this, right, is that you do think through uh, the way that God has wired our lives uh, and the dependence of sleep. What is that trying to teach us, right? Psalm 1 chapter uh, 127 verse 2 says it this way, it is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Now, if you think about it, this is a unique verse to, to really unpack for a moment, but In Israel's hymn book, if you will, right, the people of God, the songs of faith that they would sing to one another to encourage their own uh, walk with the Lord, is this verse about um, family and work and rest and children. And in verse 2, it says, look, it's empty. It's vain that you rise up early and go late to rest. So you can stay up all that you want to. You can beat your body into submission and just be going on fumes for as long as you want to. But in reality, you're eating the bread of anxious toil. So if you're lacking sleep, what that means is that you're constantly anxious. You're always worried about something. One more project to do, something else to watch, something else to consume your time, thoughts, and habits. And honestly, it's just anxious toil, right? But he says that he gives to his beloved sleep. And so you might think, well, goodness, I, I, I struggle uh, sleeping. I'm waking up all the time. Does that mean he doesn't love me? I think what that verse means is that we are able to truly rest spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and yes, even physically when we know this. We are loved by God. We don't have to prove ourselves to anyone else. We don't have to really um, just push it on every single uh, edge of our lives to be able to somehow earn His love. We have his love. We have his approval. We have his affirmation. So you don't have to rise up early. You don't have to go late to rest. You don't have to eat the bread of anxious toil constantly, just tur- um, and, and toil for something else for someone else's approval, right? And so, because he gives to his beloved sleep, he gives us rest. And this is what I want you to think about, right? So, so typically people will say, uh, while well, at different stages of life, our sleep patterns will alter, right? And I also know this that every person requires a certain different amount of sleep. If I think through our household, right, five people in our house that uh, ages and also just kind of the way that we're wired, each of us require a different amount of sleep, right? So I think that I can function a little bit better than, uh, on less sleep, say, than, than my wife might, uh, but we still are already requ- required to get a certain amount. In fact, most people would say that the average person needs to or does sleep about eight hours a day, right? So should do a simple math problem here. Uh, that If that means that, that a third of your day is spent or should be spent in the bed, Asleep, uh, where you're not really able to do anything productive. And then if you take it to a whole other level, right? So let's just imagine the time by your 24, that means that eight years of your life you've been asleep. Uh, by the time that you are 60, Twenty years of your life, you've been asleep, right? You, you see where this goes, and, and you start thinking, "Wow, uh, that's amazing." And and part of me goes, "That's a waste, God." Like, look at all this time I could have been productive. Look at all this time I could have been doing other things, or helping out other people, or making more money, or or, or creating more widgets, or are doing all kinds of things. Like, we just look at all the time that we waste um, being asleep, and maybe within that, we notice something that God has built into literally our our physical um, wiring that a third of our life, we are completely out of it, and we are not producing anything. And even in those moments, we are loved by God uh, because He chooses to love us, not because we're active, not because we're busy, not because we're productive. We are loved by God, and that provides us worth, and God has wired it into our frame. That a third of our life is dependent upon this—that we we go to sleep and we don't know, aren't promised that we wake up—and we have to trust and rely on Him on a daily basis, which is the point of it all in the first place. So, for all the historical accounts of the. Leonardo da Vinci's are the different ones who would say they would sleep in just different intermittent sections, right? There's always this kind of like goal of mine, like I wanted to sleep less, but I think it is something beautiful that um, Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 says that the everlasting God, he does not slumber or sleep. He does not grow weary. He doesn't get tired, right? There's this picture that they're saying, God doesn't need sleep, but we do. Same kind of situation as we've talked in recent weeks. God doesn't need a Sabbath, but we do. So he sets these patterns in motion to teach us we are not omnipotent. We are not all-powerful. We are not um, self-sustaining, but yet we are dependent upon God every single day just to be recharged. And a third of our life is resetting. And I even think what's important about prioritizing your sleep, you ever had one of those days that just feels like it never stops, right? It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And something happens that when you can go to sleep, it's almost like, okay, there's a reset. You made it through the night. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23 would remind us that the Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. They are new every morning, right? Great is your faithfulness. That sleeping allows us a chance to reset. So I can remember uh, when I was in college, I, I read a book by John Ortberg called "The Life You've Always Wanted," and in it, it talked about different types of spiritual disciplines. And I can remember in the spiritual discipline aspect that there's the kind of stuff you would think you would read about. And at one point, it talked about rest and how that was a spiritual discipline. And he even said in the book, someplace, he says, uh, "For some of you, some of the most uh, one of the most spiritual things that you could do right now is to take a nap." Well, I'll just be straight with you. After just finishing up my freshman year of college and getting ready to go and throughout a long period of training, getting ready to go on the mission field that summer. um, I took him up on that offer about three times before I made it through that chapter. I kept getting to the nap section and I would lay down and take a nap. And, uh, and there was something that, that showed me just, yeah, we, we need rest. We are, we're, we're finite. We're, we're limited. We're frail. We're fragile. And we, we need recharging in all kinds of ways. I remember looking at different people in my life, though, that I would see certain mentors from afar, people who would kind of boast about that they only sleep so many hours a night that therefore they can read all these books and write all these um, uh, papers and they can uh, accomplish all these things for their job. And and yet also those people that I looked at 20 years ago that I was so marvel at and thought, okay, that's the answer, just don't sleep a lot, right? I, I see that some of those people that boasted about those things are no longer in the positions to which they once were called pastors, professors, even presidents of organizations are no longer in those spots. The people who used to boast about how they didn't need those certain things eventually got burnt out. Now, is that due to sleep? I I don't know, but I do think it could be deep down the prideful mentality that somehow that we are not uh, with with the need that we actually are continuing to walk through no matter how you're wired, right? And so I, I would just say this. Our priorities should create patterns in our life. And so for your priority, if you want to go long haul walking with Jesus, if you want to uh, open up the Bible and read and you want to pray and you want to be certain things, here's the thing that I, I do know, that if you refuse to turn off Netflix or turn off social media or whatnot, and you stay up late hours of the night, let me tell you what's gonna happen the next day. You're gonna oversleep, and you're not gonna be able to open up your Bible or pray as the morning starts. And that moment that you hit the ground, you're hitting the ground running because you're already behind. You feel frantic throughout the day. You have not been grounded in God's presence. And then all of a sudden you feel like you were playing catch up all day long, and you go through an entire another day frantic, frustrated, overwhelmed, distressed, dispirited, crushed, you name it, you're in that spot. And so what happens is all day long, you are struggling to be able to focus on your relationship with God and others, and it all started to, if you could get prioritizing your sleep. So what I would encourage you to do today is to figure out when is the, the limit, right? When are you going to actually get in bed, get some good sleep so that you can wake up at a good time and start your day in the presence of the Lord so you can be prepared for whatever this world might throw your way. I hope to see you on the second mile.